I guess how do we, we just talk about what we're doing and say we did, we're two people that run a small agency who are building a software um, business on the side and we decided it'd be interesting to not on the side anymore not on the side we are focused for the summer at least and trying to figure out a way to keep staying full-time on it for the inevitable future forever or forever um, but we decided it would be interesting to start recording kind of like mile markers in time as we work on this stuff. The transition from a self-funded agency building a product into full-time product company. So that's us. I'm Daniel. Benedict. <laughs> we are building a product called Arrows. And Arrows is essentially a tool for customer success teams to build mutual action plans or maps for short. We decided we were going to start using that acronym today. We were building mutual action plans for customer success teams to share with their customers. So these are custom kind of onboarding plans or success plans that high touch teams will use with their customers. So go do a check-in call in between that and our training call. We want you to go home and do this homework. So this thing will automate reminders and emails and stuff. So that's what we're building. And this week was the week where we onboarded our first customers. Do we maybe want to kind of give a quick recap of what we did the last six months? Did a lot of research, boiled it down, and then put it out, essentially, right? It's all, it's all a bit blurry, honestly, at this point. <laughs> yeah, this it has moment. been a blurry six months. My point was that there was a lot of buildup to us onboarding people on Monday. Yeah. So we, we pre-sold some beta customers about four months ago. And on Monday, we finally started showing them on you know, video calls and giving them access to their account. Right. Not showing them, but give, making them accounts and letting them log in and letting them use it. And the real breakthrough thing is you, them is a customer using it with their customer, using it for the true purpose that we built it. They're trying to get business value out of it already, essentially. Yeah. And I guess I'm kind of curious like I tweeted about this a little bit this week. Like I was feeling very anxious as the person who's kind of more on the design. This is what the product will look like and how it will feel to a user side. I was feeling pretty anxious about, oh my God, people are going to have to actually use this and they're going to share it to their customers and we're going to get on these demo calls and they're going to be really confused and frustrated. And it's going to connect to the mental model in their head. The reason I mentioned the research that we did is, we saw the real things that people did and we tried to build a better version of that without departing too far. But I still felt all this anxiety around, oh, people aren't going to get it at all. And part of that might be kind of the PTSD we sort of feel in all of our failed projects. I don't know yeah. how you felt this week though. Do I didn't feel that nervous about that stuff. I know that that's certainly a thing that I think you struggle with is that part of it feeling concerned about your own design work. And of course, I don't have that because the stuff that you design is great. 95% of the time, there is no real reason for concern around, at least on a usability side. So I had no concerns there. My concerns were more like that research lining up with the real world. And my concern was that we would give it to people and we would walk them through it. And then they would be like, that's nice. And then not do anything with it. 
And I think that's, I think that to me was, that's where most of my anxiety came from worrying about the emails and worrying about all of that stuff, worrying that yeah. something's going to fire off weird. But I think the bigger concern for sure the was embarrassing, like kind of tripping. Yeah. The embarrassing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And like, not, not, and I think like, not necessarily like worried about the embarrassing stuff because it's embarrassing, but more because the more embarrassing stuff there is, the more work we have to do to either regain trust or find new people whom we have not broken that trust with to like get to the point where people are like, okay, I trust you. I trust you and I trust the product. And like, I am willing to share this with, it's like getting up to the top of a small hill and then being like, oh, no, nobody cares. Like I have to walk back, back down. Right, right, right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Or like, right. Like every little embarrassment is like a little, like a foothold, like breaks and you're kind of scrabbling for like a few meters and then you kind of start yeah. climbing again. I think so. I think like those two things were like things, but I think like so far, like the fact that someone immediately sent it to a customer like that was so encouraging. I think there's still after that initial high wears off, it's like we were, before we started recording, we had this conversation about like, and in what ways are we a regression from the process that is being replaced here? And I think in some ways there are small things where we risk being a regression. And I think so now like my concerns are more about like those things and making sure that we get those things to the point where it's like, no, we're not a regression. We're like a pure gain and it's obvious to people. Yeah, we will not. We are not yet the full gain that we believe it can be, but we are purely an easy replacement and a positive gain over the existing processes that we've seen. Right. So I guess to, to now lead to where we are, we were anxious about certain qualities of, you know, customers having moved on from when we pre-ordered or sold them the pre-order. And it turned out that they were all still very excited, if not more in need of the, the tool that we were building. They were all thrilled, like kind of all caps and emails, like, can't wait to see it. And then we did these calls and ultimately they were, there was no hesitancy on their part to dive right in, to schedule follow-up calls, to build out the their workflow inside the tool and to start sharing it with their customers. And that part was like, I went from, yeah, Friday to Monday morning, kind of a little bit of underlying anxiety to, we always jokingly say like kind of gaming style, like let's fucking go. And it was like all hype all week, even in the frustrating bits of like fixing email bugs and things that we've had, there's like a real forward pull, even with just the four pre-orders we have and their teams of maybe 12 people have access to an account at most. But that is like just real forward pull that it is exciting to fix an email bug instead of frustrating. Right, or it's fixing an email bug in service of something, not an abstract sense of I'm someone who makes correct things and I want this to be correct. Yeah, absolutely. So we did these onboarding sessions and like kind of the last little bit I want to cover for this check-in is I did two or three on Monday, then you did one on Tuesday. And then we did a second check-in with one of those customers where we helped them build out their template and arrows. Where do you think that we're at in the process? Like, what do we think we learned from onboarding? I think, you know, we did demo calls with these customers. We, we kind of figured out that you can't just dive right in. You have to like reset context. It's been a few months. But the thing you did really interesting when you kind of did your onboarding, where you were the driver and I was kind of the you know, one observing, you kind of asked just a few questions and then dove right into showing the product, but in a happy state, we made this demo content or like a demo version of the product that had a bunch of things filled out in it. And you dove right into that right away. Whereas I had like a 10 or 12 minute conversation with them 
whereas you got kind of went right to the peak and it was very exciting. And I thought that was interesting. Is there other stuff that you kind of remember feeling like, I wish we got better at this? I don't have anything right away, honestly. And I think it's also like in part because it's much easier to come up with things that you would tweak or change when you have time and you're not doing it and you can actually like think about that stuff on a meta level. Like when you were doing it, it's easy for me to sit back and be like, hmm, interesting. Okay, I think maybe I would talk about this this way versus doing it, you're just fully thinking about that and you're not really uh, retrospectively investigating what could be done differently. You're just trying to get through it. Yeah, absolutely. I think the other thing that's kind of worth noting that you changed was, which was a very, I went very, you know, 10 minutes of talking up front, showed them the demo content and then showed them their version of the tool and started getting them in there. And I think the change that you kind of, it's, it's in some ways, I wonder if it's because you do watch more like YouTube and, and streamers and people you, what's it called? The, the breaking thing What's it the, where they kind of like changed camera or change, like throw sounds in, like you made kind of, there's a heightened, oh, let's talk for a few minutes. I'm going to show you the demo. This is exciting. And then you mm-hmm. pull back and you like stop screen sharing, ask them some questions, engaged with them in a way that like mm-hmm. pulled them back and make sure they were alert mm-hmm. and kind of still fully on board with the, both the mental model of the product, but also how they might use it. Mm. And you kind of ask those questions of, I upfront was asking them, what is your kind of appetite or capacity mm-hmm, for, mm-hmm. for using this internally? Like, are you going to roll this out? And I asked that before I showed the product mm. and then you, and we talked about it and it was cool to see you implement it of you move that to after the demo, which was, didn't really matter from, and I think for the state of their answer, but it mattered for the state of their engagement mm-hmm. with the demo. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was really compelling. And then they were like, okay, we just told him we're going to commit to using this and now mm-hmm. let's go like look at the product and how we're going to use it. And we showed them their mutual action plan for how to use arrows. And so like that, that commitment happened right at that moment. And I think that that kind of really pulled them in in a way, but that kind of like give and take is probably really important for these sort of calls where Mm. they can become very droney. And I felt very droney, but on those demo calls, I felt very droney. And and I think you broke that really nicely. So I like that stuff was, was fun to see. Well, thanks. Yeah, I think like it's kind of like a video game where they, they start you off. It's kind of like the Metroid thing where they, I don't know if Metroid actually does this, but anyways, video games do this where they start you off and they give you like all of the powers oh, and yeah. they're like, oh, well, you're so powerful. And then they're like, oh no, you got hit on the head. You have amnesia. Now you got to get back to that state. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Like that. You lost all your stuff. Right, exactly. And it's like, oh, like check out this dashboard and all this thing, all these things that you could see. And then it's like, you want to do that, right? And then it's like, yeah, I want to be like, I want to have that dashboard. I want to see all the cool yeah. stuff. And then you like knock them down. It's like, okay, let, let's take the first steps to get there. Yeah. And like, well, remember to get there, it doesn't just work magically. You actually have to do this work to get there. You have to build mm-hmm. it out and make a plan and all that. Right. And here's the first step and here's like how you interact with it. And here's, yeah. yeah. I always laugh because my example for that is always when I did that stand up comedy class. Mm-hmm. So we did like four or five classes and then there was the showcase in front of your friends. Mm-hmm. And if you have to do stand-up comedy, doing it in front of, there's whatever, eight people in our class and all their mm-hmm. friends in the audience, doing it in front of a bunch of people's friends couldn't be a better audience because everybody's super mm-hmm. warmed up and like mm-hmm. ready to laugh. Everyone's ready to make everyone feel good. Yeah. So you basically have this like super heightened feeling of, oh my God, I got laughs for crap that wasn't that good. And I performed better and everybody else performed better. There was nobody that went bad. And then like the next week I go to an open mic and it's mm-hmm. like, everybody's looking at their phone because they're going to like, they're about to get on stage and it's Mm -hmm. horrible. And I'm like, Oh yeah, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of work that has to go into this. Mm -hmm. There's maybe Mm -hmm. a decade worth of work. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I was there at the show. God, I forgot about that. All right. Well, this is good. So what we're going to do at this point is go talk about what we're going to build next week to make sure that none of these things are actually a regression. Now that we've seen people actually start using it, the things we would have built next were, are not wrong. I think they are just something we're now kind of slipping a few weeks away. So it's been cool to kind of see what is actually a regression or needs to be fixed quickly. Our assumptions have been changed. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know what we sign off with. Just bye. Bye.